Welcome to the Gastroenteritis Blues. My name is Steve Lippman. I'm with Emily Anderson and Dan Volpone. First question is to Dan. Dan, what kind of dancer are you? Oh, I'm the kind of dancer where I have, like the whole room needs to be dancing and I have to have had a lot of drinks and sure. I'm going to be barely moving because mm -hmm. I am a horrible dancer and have no idea how to dance. Okay, I think we're pretty similar then. Emily, uh, I guess... Fair question to go to you. Uh, what kind of dancer are you? Um, I also normally takes me a couple drinks to dance, but I I do move. I'm the kind of dancer that like will create moves to like the words of the songs. Like I like to act out the songs as I Interesting. dance. Interesting. Sure. I'm one of those. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Okay. Here's a question. In your upcoming wedding. Do you have a coordinated dance planned, like like these videos you've seen? And you might not be able to comment, which is totally fine, but you've seen these videos of people and and other people coordinating dances. What is your comment on that? We do not have a coordinated dance, but like there are certain songs. I mean, we've been together for five and a half years, so we've been to plenty of weddings. There are certain songs that like play at every wedding that over time we've developed like a semi-coordinated dance too, just like organically um so we will be sure to play those songs at our wedding so we can do our semi-organic coordinated dance but it's not like choreographed if that makes sense got it okay well we're, we'll look forward to that dan and i are gonna podcast from outside of the wedding venue <laughs> on the big day um uh, on to the sixers uh on today's episode we have tyler tines from the ringer uh who's a philadelphia guy and he does great work and we're excited to talk to him uh, before he comes on, we can catch up about the week of Sixers. Uh, the Sixers won a brutal game against Toronto, which was felt like a loss. Uh, then they beat Dallas pretty easily in a nice game. And then, because we were podcasting today, they lost a shitty game last night to Cleveland. So, Emily, can you please update the rankings in terms of who has been right and wrong in their predictions? Look at his grin on his face right now. Dan grinning. went three and oh this weekend. He just has this like grin, like, yeah. you know, whatever. So me and Steve both went two and one because we had them sweeping the week and mm -hmm. Dan went three and oh. So Dan is 20 and 14. I am 22 and 12. And Steve is 17 and 17. Ooh. Listen, it's a long season. I know you guys feel really good now, but it's a long season, and uh, I might, I might uh, start doing well sometime soon. Uh, these Can three I make games, a comment about no, last you. night's These three quickly. games, yeah, go ahead. No, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I was so mad. So I think I'm the only one of us that like can watch the game on NBC Sports, like cable, cable, mm -hmm. and yes. Um, so it was like maybe. Two minutes left, maybe 2.30. The Sixers are up by two in regulation. And they, you know, they do the cut to the studio. And Amy Fadul is like, well, this is a tight one, but the Sixers look like they're going to pull it out. Why, why would you say that? They're up by two. Don't wow. say that. 
And I, so I'm blaming her for the loss personally. Fadul jinxed it. Wow, I didn't, I didn't know. I that. think she did. I was like, what? I missed. I missed the last 50 seconds of regulation last night. If that makes you feel any better, because buff streams let me down. Because I love a buff stream. I have to tell you, love a buff stream. Because the calves are supposed to be in market in Pittsburgh, but the, like no one carries oh. the. It's like it's like Fox Sports Ohio or something, and you have to have DirecTV and like a special package to get that in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. But they're technically in market, so it's the only game I can't get on League Pass is when we play the Cats. So I had to wow. resort to a stream, and it let me down in the last minute. And I had to call my dad. I didn't know what happened. It was the whole thing. <laughs> do you have the uh, Do you have the full League Pass or do you have Team Pass? No, I had the full League Pass before. It's just really expensive, and I, I see like I'll watch the other games, but I'll still like I'll get by just watching the Sixers games. So you like, got the team pass. Yeah, I have the Same team here. pass, and then like if I want to watch another team, I'll watch on whatever game gets nationally televised. I don't need that's how that's how I feel. Um, all right, uh, the Joel had a had a rough few games there. He had two games against Toronto. We talked about the first one last week. But uh, it really looks like Toronto is sort of in his kitchen and knows ways to frustrate him. Uh, They were able to win that second game. He had a tough time. They played Dallas after that, and he didn't shoot well from the field. I honestly just thought he was missing some shots. I don't – they didn't do anything particular. I think he still got decent numbers, but uh, neither he nor Simmons had to play at all in the fourth quarter of that game. Uh, And then, of course – Last night against Cleveland, he had a big night. He had 42 and 13 and six assists and two blocks, uh, but they lost. Uh, so what did you think about the week in particular from Joel, Dan? Oh, um, it wasn't his best week. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree. Like in Dallas, it looked like he was getting his shots. He was missing them. Like that's not yeah. going to last. He's too good of a shooter. Um, he might not keep the percentage he was at from the mid-range, but he's clearly just like a really good shooter. Um, and he'll, he'll start, he'll hit his shots. I think, you know, he shot better from the field uh, on Saturday night. Uh, he was 13 of 22. and mm-hmm. He was two of three from three, including a couple at the end. So, um, yeah, I think that, I think that it wasn't his best week, but it wasn't a bad week at all. Like he, it's funny in his bad games, he puts up such good numbers and yeah, yeah, he'll be, I'm not worried about him at all. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you, Emily, anything uh, in particular on Joel that you want to talk about this week? Um, no, I, he's just so good. Like, I mean, the game they lost last night, but I couldn't help thinking watching him play that like, and he shot well last night. So, but like everything that he shoots looks like it just goes in, like all these stupid shots he takes, they go in. And I'm like, if you, I tweeted this, but like, if you don't think that he's the MVP or at least top two. Like, I just don't think you're watching him play. Like, I guess he didn't will them to a win, but at the end there, those threes were late in the game. I really felt like he was like, we need these. I'm going to make them. And he did. Like, I feel like he has like a superpower to like will things to go into the basket to help his team. Like him and Ben were the only people who helped the team last night. And they still almost (laughs) won with basically two players. He's unbelievable. He's just a freak. And I love him. Do you, I don't know if his, 43 on Saturday night put him back above 30 points per game. Uh, I know it's a counting step, but aesthetically, I really like seeing the even 30 there for him. So I hope that did it. Um, Then Ben Simmons. He's right at 30. Exactly 30. He's he's at 30, yeah. Um, 
Ben Simmons continued his like aggressive and good play this week. And I feel like it might be a larger conversation about Ben, but over the last maybe month or month and a half, he's really improved and looked very aggressive going at the rim. He's making more of his free throws. Uh, his defense has stayed as great as it is. I mean, what a showcase against Luca, who like straight up did not want Simmons on him whatsoever because the second Ben wasn't on him, he would shoot and make everything when Danny Green or Tobias was on him. So the thing about Simmons, you know, Dan and I in particular were especially critical of him early in the year, but I don't think that his play now makes that retroactively wrong. I think that at the time he was not playing well. Uh, People say maybe it was coming off the injury. Maybe it was all the hard and stuff, whatever it was, he was not playing well. Uh, You know, he just wasn't. And it was so disappointing because it looked like the exact same guy from last year. He improved nothing. Uh, I'm he thrilled. Wor- he had some good stretches last year. I think he looked right. much worse. Um, I'm thrilled to see what he's doing now. I think that this sort of this is like a leap for Ben if he's not going to shoot, and it's clear that he made a three last night, which is kind of funny. Uh, but uh, I think that if he's going to stay the player that he is, the way that he has improved his aggressiveness and finishing and all of that stuff is very exciting. So I'm I'm very happy to see how well he's played lately. Emily, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. He's just, he's been so good in his defense. I don't think I, I've always like said like, yeah, he's a good defender. Just like, but I think his defense has taken a leap this year too. He just like locks down these like all-star shooters. And I, I don't know that there's anyone else in the league that can lock down like perimeter players like Ben can. It doesn't see, it looks like Kawhi has taken a bit of a step back, at least in the regular season with his defense. So I don't think there's anybody that's on, with Ben's size and his speed, I think he, he's just like an incredibly difficult guy to score on. And uh, Luca is so crafty and he just really couldn't do anything with Ben. Dan, what do you think about uh, the rest of this stuff, the Simmons stuff? Yeah, I mean, Ben is probably the most talented defender in the league. Um, and like, he's, he's especially useful like against a team like the Mavericks, like Jackson Frank pointed this out. Like if you have one guy that you rely on for scoring, like you're basically screwed against the Sixers because mm-hmm. Ben can guard that one guy. Obviously, right. you know, once you get towards teams that have multiple perimeter players, you can only, like, it's not Ben's fault. It's just like, he can only guard one guy. And I think those teams would tend to give the Sixers a harder time, but for the Sixers, like have, we're going to have a great chance against any team that relies on one guy for scoring. Um, yeah. And yeah, he's definitely, I, he's playing the best I've ever seen him play right now um, because he's been more aggressive than I've ever seen him. Um, and by aggressive, I just mean like physical on offense, like, like realizing he's huge, like 6'10", really strong, really fast, just going through guys. Like, I'm not, I, want, I don't want to say like Giannis because Giannis is one of the most physical players in the league, but I've always watched Giannis and, and been like, well, I can't bend, like take a little bit of this and just like, right. just go through the guy in front of you because you're, you're also so strong. Like, and he's not as big and strong, but he's still extremely large for a ball handler. And he's doing it now. And it's really awesome to see. He's so much more fun of a player, I think, when he's doing it. Because it's, like, frustrating to watch someone that big go around people all the time. Like, they're not – or just, like, don't even look at the rim and pass out of it when someone's in front of you. Like, right. you're big, you're strong, go to – and he de- he's doing it. He, he looks great. Like, yeah, I don't – I hope he can keep it up. Like, I know it's hard to, like, you know, break old habits and form new ones for, you know, like a long period of time. He likes Tobias is kind of – passing up some threes again. He's making a little slower decisions again. I, I hope mm-hmm. that doesn't happen to Ben because this is the best I've ever seen Ben. 
Um, speaking of Tobias, uh, they definitely missed him last night, uh, Tobias, or on Saturday night. Um, Tobias is a guy who can definitely get his own shot. And even if they're not 100% of the shots that we always want him to take, I feel like at the ends of games, Tobias in the mid-range is a really good option uh, for the Sixers, and I think they missed him. A couple quick things uh, for Dan especially. There's a thing about Tobias and, and telling Doc that he likes his left hand, uh, and he didn't tell Brett. Uh, and then there's also a Ramona tweet uh, about Dennis Schroeder. Uh, whichever you like first, go ahead, buddy. Well, I just can't believe the Tobias thing. Like that seems Tobias played here for what was it? He played he played here a, a full season and a half under Brett. Right. And at no point he said, "Hey, Brett, I like to do this." And at no point Brett realized he wasn't comfortable with it. I think it's more on Tobias, but either way, why are they not talking to each other like this? What yeah, are they so talking about? Apparently, to, after one of the games where Tobias played well, Tobias told reporters, I told Doc, I like to finish with my left hand. And it's and they were like, oh, cool. Did you tell Brett? And he was like, no, it didn't really come up. It's like, okay, when would it come up if not at basketball practice? Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm happy that... Uh, yeah. How is that not that. just like, that should just be the topic. Like, it's understood that this is always relevant. Like, what, what you're right. doing in basketball when you're getting paid all this money to play basketball is important. Right. Maybe I he was going to say it, but it was somebody's, like, PowerPoint presentation day, and he didn't want to butt in with, like, a boring <laughs> basketball thing. For Good. You have done his presentation on like why I like to finish with my left hand. <laughs> by so by Harris. <laughs> um, and the uh, the Ramona Showborn thing, uh, it's more of the uh, ESPN lamestream media pushing their uh, LeBron James for MVP propaganda. What exactly did the tweet say? It was just a new low. Let me find. It was not a new low. low. I'm I'm and not just this is not just about her. But if no. this is this is about everyone, almost everyone at ESPN, and I think this was a uh, this was a good, uh, I guess, indicator of of where they're at, and you know how desperately they're trying to give LeBron this award over at ESPN. Mm -hmm. So Stat Muse, Stat Muse, the people who just tweet out random stats. Right. Um, the Lakers are one in three since Anthony Davis's injury. One and four, if you include the game when he got hurt in the second quarter. This was five days ago. So they've lost a couple more games since then. And then they, you know, they have a little like cartoon graphic of Anthony Davis. I like right. those graphics though. I think honest. they're cute. I yeah, think they're, they're real cute. cute. They are cute. And Ramona replies, Ramona, who has a, a platform at ESPN, is like an extremely respected reporter at the biggest sports <laughs> station in the in the world not in the world sorry in the united states um replies to the stat news tweet and says also coincides with dennis schroeder being out he's one of the energy guys and they clearly are lacking it now and it's like did you just did ramona shelburne from espn just well actually stat news about like the Lakers like third or fourth best player also being out. Like, I don't, what is, what are we talking about? It's wild. It's wild. And uh, it reminds me of when Kevin Durant tweeted, not using his burner account, but using his real, it, <laughs> it makes me think that like, she's got another account that she likes to attack this from. Cause it was just a direct reply. She didn't quote tweet it. I don't know. Uh, the propaganda. Do you machine. read the replies of stat news a lot, Dan? It's <laughs> a great question. No, I woke up and Steve had sent this to me, actually. Oh, maybe I did. 
<laughs> Great. Um, but just horrible. Just horrible. horrible. This is what Joel's up against this year. It really is. Uh, Kyle Lowry, for actual friend of the podcast, Keith Pompey, uh, had a story earlier this week that uh, in which he basically said that Kyle Lowry would like to play at home in Philadelphia and that like the Sixers and Heat and Clippers are like the sort of potential destinations for him should Toronto want to move off him. Uh, his agent later in the day refuted that, which is so either telling or what else is the agent going to say? Kind of like, who knows uh, how much stock you put into it. I'd like to hear what you guys think about Kyle Lowry potentially on the Sixers with this, the price it would be to get him uh, and, uh, and, and his skill set. Emily, what do you think about Kyle Lowry? Um, I would like to have Kyle Lowry. That would be fun. Yeah. I, but I'm a really bad, like, what is the price of to get Kyle Lowry? Because I frequently refuse to give up anything for people. <laughs> I, I, I like to hold on to what we have and I get very attached to people easily. So I'm not like going to be like, Oh, you can have this guy. I would give up a day. I would give up Danny green. He can go. I could, I would give up. I mean, I would probably give up Seth Curry too. He's been sucking lately. But, like, I'm not giving up any of my other friends. So, <laughs> and I don't think that's going to get us Kyle Lowry. Well, you might be right. Dan, what do you think about <laughs> Lowry in Philly? Yeah, I know you've written about it before. I love yeah. Lowry in Philly. I think that um, I'm, I believe in the Sixers as, like, contenders much more this year. If I still think that the Nets are, are the team to beat, but – especially like, you know, injuries happen and stuff like that. You want to be in position um, to, to win. And I think that, you know, with the way Ben and Joel are playing, if we can get Kyle Lowry, I think that solves a lot of bench issues by having someone who can actually, you know, handle the ball competently playing with out starters around him when they go to, to mostly bench units and, mm -hmm. and Lowry's another guy who can carry some of those. Um, but I, yeah, I think that, you know, he's, he's he would help a lot I would love to have him here I think that at that point I'd be much more comfortable saying I think I believe in the Sixers this year as a team that can win um I think that it would probably take Maxi and a pick um maybe two picks I, if Kyle Lowry's getting traded he's gonna like I don't it doesn't matter he's his contracts is, is going to be up because any team who thinks they can win is going to want him um, yeah that's he's, just, he's really good <laughs> Yeah, so the reason that I think Sixers fans would and have been hesitating on this is that Lowry is 34, going on 35, uh, and, a, and an expiring contract. And I think in order to get him to Philly, you do have to give up at least one of the young guys. Um, so it's that question. I think that Maury, the answer in his head is like probably if he increases the percentage chance of this year's ring, uh, it's probably worth it. So we'll see. He might not just be on the table ever because Toronto might not be bad enough or he might not pressure it in a way that he definitely could if he wanted to. Um, but I think that he would really fit great. And uh, people talk about the hole that it would open up on the wing, like wing sort of depth. I, I wouldn't worry about that as much as I currently am worried about uh, a guy who can create as a guard. Um a few more things before we welcome in Tyler Tynes. Uh, hey, speaking of Tyler's, mazel tov to Tyler Monahan, who got a new job uh, at uh, MLB Network. We love Tyler Congrats, here. Tyler. Yeah, Congrats, Tyler. Tyler. Way to go, buddy. And uh, he's, a, he's a friend of the podcast and a friend of ours. 
Um, let's see. The Sixers' second half schedule got released. There's a tough stretch in there. That's about all I have to say about it. What do you guys think, Emily? Um, they play the Pelicans on my wedding day. That's <gasps> all I know. Oh my God! So, are you gonna pause the wedding in order to watch the game? Well, I think the wedding will be over by the time the game is being played. So, like, we should have like a small TV situation. There you go. Um, I think the I think the Flyers might also no, maybe they don't play. Dory's a big Flyers guy, so we on on double sport nights we gotta like do the computer and the TV situation. Uh-huh. Do you so, take we'll turns as to who gets the TV and who gets the computer? Ooh, good question. Yeah, we do. And, like, it's easy because, like, the period breaks in hockey are so long. Like, you can get a good stretch of basketball on the TV in those 20 minutes, as long as it doesn't coincide with halftime. Good stuff. Um, On your wedding night, would you like to cover the Liberty Ballers Twitter account? (laughs) I would. That would be great. (laughs) I'm not – I still can't get on, so it's fine. (laughs) Um, Okay. Uh. If you guys know the new app Locker Room, uh, the kids these days love Clubhouse. And Locker Room, I've been told, is like Clubhouse. Uh, What you do is uh, you get on there and there are different rooms. You start different rooms uh, and you talk about sports. And as a fan or as a listener, you can either tap in, like type in a question, or we can put you on as if it's like talk radio and you can ask a question or uh, say a comment to us. Uh, and that's what, so SB Nation is partnering with Locker Room and so are we. So we're going to start doing a bonus episode every week, uh, which is us talking on Locker Room for about 45 minutes. And uh, we welcome you guys to join us over there and ask questions and uh, do whatever. So this week, we're going to do it either, I think, on Thursday or Saturday. Um, we will let you know there'll be a post on the site about it beforehand. Um, but that's really what's going to happen. Uh Prediction-wise, we go to this week. We've got uh, Indiana, Indiana, uh, then Utah, and then the All-Star game. What I think we should do is predict the winners for Indiana and predict the winners for Utah, and then predict whether Joel or Ben's team wins the All-Star game. Uh, if they end up on the same team, it's sort of a wash. Uh, so uh, I give you You can't floor, pick against man. them if they end up on the same team. Right. All right. Is anyone from the six? Sorry, is anyone from the Sixers doing like any of the other shenanigans? Definitely, I don't think so. I, I don't think they, they announced any dunk contest doing that stuff? I didn't see. No, no, not that I know of. It would be fun yeah, to see like Isaiah Joe in the skills competition. I think that. Would I want Joel in the skills competition. <laughs> right, he's yeah, done. Yeah. Uh, did he just do it once? I feel like he's. I know he's done it at least once. Has yeah, he? Fun. Yeah, he did it once, um, but and Towns won that year. That's when they divided it between oh, and guards. Right, I but remember like, that. Are they gonna send guys that aren't in the game for that? Like, add more people to the All Star game, or is it just gonna be like people on the rosters? Well, they, like, yeah, because um, someone's doing the dunk contest who's not in the All Star game. I forget who they said it was. Um, oh yes, I forget too. Okay. Well, sending more people down. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, they want to they want to spread this as much as possible. At this okay. <laughs> it's getting better, guys. It's getting better. Dan, what do you got? All right, I say we beat the Pacers. Um, last time I picked us to to lose to the Jazz. Ben played great against the Jazz, actually, but I think they're a 
team that we're going to struggle against a bit. They have a lot of scores, um, and Ben can't cover all of them. They don't have, like, one guy who's – I mean, Mitchell's great, but then they, they have, like – I mean, Clarkson killed us last time. Yeah. I'll take the Jazz in, in that one. So I'll go Pacers there, then I'll take the Jazz. And um, if, uh, if Ben's on the same team, of course, I'm taking that team. But if they're on different teams – I don't know what the teams look like, but I'll take Joel because uh, just, you know, why not? I love him. All right. Emily, what do you got? Um, because I'm a ridiculous homer, I'm just going to say the, the Sixers are going to win them all again. I think that might be my new strategy. I'm just going to say they always win, and then my record will be their record. <laughs> it's not a bad strategy. Like, it's, it's not. It's not a better strategy than guessing random losses. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And in terms, I just really want them to beat the Jazz because the Jazz are a good team and everyone yeah. keeps tweeting, like, the Sixers are one in five against teams. Shut up. I don't care. That's me. You're talking about me right now. That was me. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Shut up. I don't care. Um, <laughs> I like to play the trans property. So, like, the Sixers beat the Mavericks. The Nets lost to the Mavericks. Therefore, the Sixers are better than the Nets. That's how mm-hmm. math works. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the All-Star game. I, uh, I'll just pick Joel too because they love him so much. I'm wearing my Joel Embiid All Star T-shirt right now. Actually, Yo, that's awesome! From last year or two years ago. All right, uh, Tyler's here. First, I'm gonna say the Sixers beat the Pacers and the Jazz. I think we're doing a Liberty Ballers watch party that Emily has to be at on Tuesday, so they must win. Okay. <laughs> Wednesday, sure. Uh, and then I'm going to pick Ben's team to win if they're on different teams. Uh, ben won it last year, and uh, and we'll see. Who Proven wins winner, Ben Simmons. Proven winner, Ben Simmons. We're very happy to welcome Tyler Tynes to the podcast. Tyler, how are you doing? Thank you for being here. What's happening? Y'all look like a bunch of children. Well, okay, starting with an insult. Uh, it's good to see you. <laughs> We are, uh, we're big fans of your work, uh, and we're very happy to have you here. Uh, how have you been doing during this whole pandemic? You know, about as good as anybody can do, man. Uh, you know, we're in the house, and I don't got no problem being away from people. So, <laughs> you know, shame we didn't lost 500000 but, uh, yeah. you know, for the folks that are still here, I'm cool. You know, I can't complain. Good. Well, we're really happy to have you. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, we just want to start off, you know, got to ask, you know, you're a Philly guy. So growing up, who are some of your favorite athletes, specifically Philly athletes? Uh, you, you mean like they played in the city or, or folks that came yeah. from here? Yeah. Well, actually, either. I'm fine with either. I like both of those. Uh, you know, man, any of those John Chaney uh, Temple teams, you know, Eddie and Aaron McKee and, and guys like that. Obviously, Bubba Chuck Iverson. You know, I mean, growing up in North, you know, you would just see him driving around. You know, it was one time I think I was nine years old. Me and my mom would come out the path mark late at night. And it was this white Rolls Royce comes through the path mark uh, to John near City Line Avenue. And I'm like, who in the white Rolls Royce? You know, it's like a regular summer day, everything like that. And they were the tinted windows, rolled down the window. Man in a do-rag, white beater, all white mink fur. Know what I mean? Just keep your head up, shorty. Rise out. That's how I know. Wow. <laughs> so it's definitely Iverson. I mean, there's nobody bigger. Uh, Jimmy Rollins is amazing. Wayne Simmons. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I even got love for Donovan McNabb. You know, it's a shame, but I do. Uh, and of course, the Vic years. So, 
So we want to talk about um, some of your work at The Ringer, but first, how did you end up there? Uh, you know, I'm 27. And so I uh, was at a regular newspaper uh, when I left college, um, went to SB Nation, and I was over there for a few years. And, you know, I've been at The Ringer since 2019. It's the beginning of 2019, so. Um, I, I went to Temple and uh, John Cheney is like a mythical figure there. And I wanted to ask you about the piece that you wrote on The Ringer about John Cheney. It was incredibly thorough and moving. And I wanted to know what did he mean to you growing up? And then what was it like for you to get to interview him? You know, I ain't nothing in the world like growing up in John Cheney's North Philadelphia, man. You know, it's, 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 it's just one of those things where you gotta, you know, it's an icon living. You know, these teams are modeling the same identity of the city and they look like, you know, my side of the city. They talk like my side of the city. And they ain't hiding from nobody. They're trying to beat your ass for the whole time you're in those hardwoods. Right. And so they just exuded that sort of lunch pail in a way, blue collar attitude that Philadelphia likes to adopt. And so the other thing is that John Cheney was accessible. You know, he's doing, uh, you know, access television and drinking beers down Fairmount in the local bar with reporters, yeah. you know what I mean? The early aughts. And so it's, just, it's nothing like it. The, the, the immediacy, you know, how good he was to the press, you know, handing out Mike Jensen and guys like that ties on press row and writing back to the local paper at LaSalle for the student newspaper. And so it, it's it's nothing like it, man. It's nothing like it. you told John Calipari, he's going to whip his ass. Man, it's, not, yeah. it's nothing like it's nothing like it. And so, you know, I was writing a profile on Aaron McKee uh, going in 2019 and the fascination and, and, and the consistent trend that we see of these Division One colleges bringing back collegiate heroes to sort of, you know, invoke some sort of nostalgia trail, which will then in turn help with fundraising, recruiting, et cetera. Um, you know, so you see Chris Mullen and you see Aaron McKee and you see Juwan Howard and other guys all across college basketball. And so, um, bringing back, you know, hometown here, I was like, you know, why not talk to him? And so, you know, Cheney was nice enough to give me like 30 minutes. Uh, and so you, you kind of knew, you know, Cheney had been sick for like the last almost 10 years. You mm -hmm. talked to him on the phone. Man, like, it, it's not going to be too long. So, right. no, it was dope. It was dope. It was part of the job. So, you know, happy to do it. That's great. I'm glad you got a chance to, to talk to him. Another person, sadly, who passed away recently is NFL reporter Therese Paler. Uh, you tweeted that you had a connection to him, and I wanted to know, our listeners might know his name, but not necessarily know his work or what he was like as a person. What was your relationship like with him, and what would you like people to know about him? You know, I think, I, I think folks should know is that, you know, there's a community of, of the Black sporting press that, you know, we don't get the same opportunities as everybody else in this world, mm -hmm. especially in an in a, in a industry, in a field specifically that is backwards in so many different ways. Um, you know, I was unable to kind of be, you know, accessed and entered by a lot of Black folks across the spectrum and specifically Black queer folks and Black women. And so when I think of Therese, like I didn't even know Therese until about 2019. And I just happened to be, you know, on a, on a summer NFL camp tour. I was going, I was in Baltimore. I was on my way to Tampa uh, before going to Miami. And Therese was just, you know, he saw me, you know, I was talking to my colleague, Kevin Clark. And uh, he just pulled me to the side and we just had a like, conversation in between reps uh, while Lamar Jackson was slinging the ball across the field. And, you know, just very simple conversation that you have with a lot of the OGs in the field where, you know, I see you keep doing what you're doing. If you need something, give me a call. You know, it was never a bridge too far. It was never, you know, a gap too big. It was like, I'm here and I've been where you've been at. I love what you're doing. Whether you know me or not, you got a friend. And so uh, there's plenty of folks like Charles McDonald and, 
and, and Cameron Wolf and a bunch of others, you know, black folks who, who cover football specifically, who, who had a deeper connection. But the fact that somebody like that was just able to open themselves up for five seconds or five hours is just immense to me. So, yeah, that's amazing. Um, you also put out a great piece this month called Help, Help, called Help Wanted on The Ringer. Uh, and you're talking about the huge and seemingly growing disparity of white head coaches in the NFL to black head coaches. Uh, and the league has, quote unquote, tried things uh, like the Rooney rule to appear that they're making an effort to fix this. Do you have a good fix in mind for this problem or is it just something inherent that is unfixable? And also as fans, is there anything that we can do to nudge this problem in the right direction? What do you think? No, I don't work for the NFL. You know, I don't got no plan for y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. ain't my job, ain't my business. My whole thing with it is, is, is you know, and, and paraphrasing, you know, James Baldwin had consistently kind of said that, you know, I'm a citizen and as a citizen and as a writer, you know, it is my job to bear witness. And so I'm just saying what it is, man. Like, mm-hmm. this is this is, this is certainly my, I would say, my most transparent American truth. And the thing I see and the things that I interact with and my community does as well as, you know, the sporting community at large. And so, you know, the NFL makes plenty of money and, uh, and conducts plenty of studies where they fully diagnose what the issue is. I think the next step is really what you finna do. You know, if you're not finna penalize the owners, then we just gonna talk about this next year. Um, right. there, there's no other conversation point. Like there's, there's no reformation plan. There's no, you know, six page PowerPoint, you know what I'm saying? Finding people in power, Make it hard for them to move. If you can't, do something else. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's very, very simple. If you ain't yeah. gonna hire black folks, you ain't gonna get black folks in your time of day, specifically black folks. You know, yes, you know, we, we do need a, a variety of folks, you know, to be in these positions that aren't just white men and aren't just white people in general, but specifically black folks who make up the labor force of the league. Right. Um, to not have those opportunities is just massively striking. And to see them on a, on a, on a almost five year downswing would show that any innovation the league is doing, any futuristic technology they've added in, any thought processes that they posit they care about, don't actually matter when it comes to actionable items. Because right. if Roger Goodell is saying that this is important, if all the factions that be this is important, the Roonies and the white people who run the league, if everybody say to John is important, but we keep seeing numbers dropping, then how important actually is it? Right. All right. Exactly. So, you did a podcast series for The Ringer called The Cam Chronicles. Um, I binged it in a day. I thought it was a really interesting look at Cam Newton, someone I didn't know a ton about. Um, can you tell us more about that and how it came about and if you're going to do more audio stories in the future? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think with a lot of things in this field, it's a combination of serendipity and hard work. Um, I had already been sourced up in Charlotte in that locker room with the folk on the ground since I had, you know, um, reported on um, the 2016 killing of Keith Scott in Charlotte. Uh, we ended up writing a story for SB Nation called 96 Hours in Charlotte uh, for the week that I had spent down there. And so coming into journalism as a 21, 22 year old, I automatically had Charlotte, just like Baltimore, Sacramento, Philly, DC as, as places that I already kind of had in my, in my toolkit. And so um, you know, we were thinking about doing something big on Cam Newton. We, we were certainly considering um, what would be important as far as this person who's probably going to get phased out of the Carolina Panthers. Um, and it's going to be on the open market and is one of the most creative and, and, and unique talents the NFL has ever seen in the quarterback position. Um, he's either going to find a new home or it's going to be a massive crossroads for what is, what is a, you know, a very legendary career. 
Um, we went down there, we were doing some research, you know, there, there were some memos drawn up and eventually the powers that be decided they wanted to see it as an audio project. Um, I didn't care. So, you know, we, whatever the best way to tell a story is, whatever the best way to tell a story is. And so we got to Charlotte by December. We was traveling until about March 1st and we spent the rest of the time in post-production, you know, all the way up until the week of everything dropping. So definitely a tedious process, a hard process. We interviewed close to 100 folks. And so it, it was very interesting. It's very interesting going to church with Cam Newton. Um, it's very interesting being around him for an extended period of time and his family and the people have seen him progress and tick and make mistakes and grow. And, you know, it's just a very, very different process that I think most folks would be able to kind of go through. And so even though Cam didn't really want to like speak for the project, it was interesting to kind of be around him for a longer period of time and just see the things that he, he saw and do the things he did, so. Yeah. So I'd love to talk some Sixers. What are, in general, just right now, what are you thinking about the Sixers? Tough loss last night, but I think, you know, Missing Tobias, Ben and Joel played well. That's all I really care about. Do you think we're title contenders? What are you thinking? Fuck all that. Who are we going to trade? Fuck all that. Who, 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 who are we going to trade? Who are we going to get? <laughs> I want Lowry. I want, we were just talking. We, I want Kyle Lowry. Yeah. I, I'm with it. You know, I think some of the only ways you can make that trade work is is uh, Danny Green's out of here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maxie's probably, probably gone. Yeah. Uh, Mike Scott, Aaron um, <clears throat> Ferguson, or some combination that begins with Mike Scott and uh, Danny Green, um, depending yeah. on the picks, depending on you know which one do for cap situation, et cetera. Um, I like it. I'm a big fan of it. I'm down for you know maybe two years of Kyle Lowry. Um, I don't really want to give up Maxi. Uh, Maxi hasn't been playing good basketball for like six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm kind of cool with giving up on Maxi. Um, it, it doesn't matter to me. I, I think the ultimate the ultimate thing that you're looking for when you're building out any sort of club at any uh, athletic level for a major sport is can this team ascend to a championship level what is that window for that level how do we assess value based upon what we have let's not pretend that these businesses actually care about black people and because they don't let's like we, we don't have any loyalty in this game people are being paid millions of dollars those businesses don't care about these people when it comes down to the medicine to the actuality the labor the time spent etc and so let's just play chess then all right um Mike Scott, love the guy. Uh, a lot of weird white people in Philly love Mike Scott. Um, he can get traded because he's not really doing shit. Uh, Danny Green kind of sucks, um, so he can go. Totally fine with that. Uh, and Tyrese Maxey can't really do anything besides throw floaters in the air. And I love Tyrese Maxey, big fan. Uh, but he probably gonna have to fucking go too. And so, and Terrence Ferguson is just like kind of like a dog shit human, so he can go too. So, yeah, I'm cool with almost all of that. I'm cool with almost all of that for two years of Kyle Lowry. Um, we probably not going to be that good or as good next year. So you might as well cash out right now, just like you tried to do when Jimmy Butler was here. Why not? Yeah, the, the Mike Scott thing's funny because I think, like, people love Mike Scott. And, like, people still who, like, I never got a chance to to meet him. And I know a lot of, like, of the Sixers Twitter people did, and they all they all loved him. But, like, I'm so over watching him play basketball in the Sixers, like, I, I I would be I would be so thrilled to get Lowry, even if it means giving like any of those guys you just said. I'm with you. Like I think that's a good piece, though. I, I, I like Mike Scott. He plays hard. He hits a jumper when he feels like it. I'm not really mad. At that, you know, <laughs> like, I like Mike Scott a lot. Um, you know, I think the odd fascination that a lot of like white people of a certain generation who are on the internet and like basketball seem to have with Mike Scott. Um, has always been fairly interesting to me. Um, I think it's just because white people don't really know black people. And because of that, like people like Mike Scott are like 
intimate, like infinitely fascinating to like some white people. Like Mike Scott whipping people's asses in parking lots is like the Super Bowl for some white people in South Philly. I mean, like, like, do do what you want, man. Like, whatever. But um, you know, outside of, like him being a general bodyguard for the rest of the team, I'm super cool with getting rid of Mike Scott. Super cool with getting rid of Mike Scott. <laughs> and look, I, I think the other thing too is that like I don't think we need a Kyle Lowry to win a championship. I think we need a piece. Um, I don't know what that piece is. If it's Kyle Lowry, cool. Totally cool with that. Uh, if it's not, what's cheaper on the market? Would also love to know that too. Yeah, there's a lot of good options out there. I, I agree with that. What do you think? What do you think about gonna we're we're Sixers, but we also just talk about whatever we want. What do you think about the Eagles? Um, oh my God, six so pick. Um, Who are we taking? Um, so I'm so, look. First of all, I'm so giddy that. Uh, <laughs> I'm just so happy that Carson Wentz doesn't play here anymore. Um, I think, you know, speaking of weird white people on the internet, uh, their biggest, like, you know, white whale is Carson Wentz. Um, and so I, just the fascination that white people in this city have with Carson Wentz being like the first almost good quarterback that's not been black in this city, like 25 years is super, man, look, all I'm saying is, Y'all was lying through a lot of this shit, man. Uh, he was only kind of good one time, and y'all been carrying this shit, like, forever. The motherfucker ain't ever won a playoff game. Everybody in the locker room fucking hates him. The coaches ain't fucking with him. How are you the starting quarterback of the team and you don't talk to your head coach for nine weeks? Man, fuck <laughs> out of here. Like, this guy is a sucker, man. And so, look, you came in 2016, not the greatest team. Cool. You get a pass, you're rookie, nobody cares. 2017, you lit the world on fire. You tore your leg in half playing hero ball. It sucked, but you didn't win us the Super Bowl. Nick Foles did. Um, that's fine. Look, I would be kind of hurt too if I had to come to work every day and the dude who delivered me my bonus got a statue outside of my desk. I'd be real fucking mad about that too. So I totally get that. Um, 2018, you were just like, fine. Like you were fine. And then you got a concussion. Okay. Um, 2019, you were also kind of fine, and you also kind of got a concussion. Okay, cool. So here we are in 2020. You're healthy, allegedly. You're upset that, like, some black kid who came from a college got drafted in the second fucking round. The fucking Packers drafted a kid in the first round, and Aaron Rodgers had a great year. But Carson Wentz, busy reading his Bible and shooting deer meat in North Dakota, is very upset that a second rounder might give him a smidge of competition. All right, man, that's cool too. Um, and then you like had the worst season on record in the last seven years for a quarterback. Fuck Carson Wentz. Fuck what he wants. Fuck that he wants to go to Indianapolis. I like Marcus Brady though. He's a great dude. Um, I just, I don't get it. I don't get the fascination with Carson Wentz. I don't get the idea that he's going to somehow be like an MVP level caliber quarterback after being one of the worst quarterbacks we've ever seen play football. Thank you so much for the picks, Indianapolis. Um, I really appreciate it. At number six, if you don't draft somebody who catches a football, you fucked up. You what can't draft a quarterback. Balls? You can't look, man. You can't draft a quarterback and then give them the same bad pieces and then say, oh, is this quarterback good or bad? It's stupid. You have a quarterback. He was kind of good. Uh, you know, when the pocket was clean, I think he threw 7.7 .7 yards per average. Uh, when it wasn't clean, he was the best rookie in terms of getting outside of the pocket and making something happen. He played a lot of hero ball for bad pieces, which that certainly has to change. He's going to be a good quarterback. Um, and some of the pieces were there. It's clear he's got poise. The locker room likes him. Maybe listen to the players for once instead of getting rid of people like you, Staley. 
Um, give me Jamar Chase. That would be dope. If not, give me Kyle Pitts. That would also be dope. If not, give me Devonta Smith. That would also be dope. As long as they catch a football, that would be dope. All I'm asking for. I don't know that I have faith that Howie can draft someone who can catch a football. He's shown that he's like not great at picking people who can catch footballs, but I agree that that would be, that would be great. Um, (laughs) So we're going to switch gears again and just give us some, we saw you're watching the bachelor. I am. Give us some bachelor takes. We are big bachelor fans here. We had, um, we had Zach Clark, who was Tasha on Tasha's season, Tasha's final rose. We had him on our show talking Philly sports. So we're big bachelor people. So we just go ahead. Any of your bachelor takes? I mean, Matt Romney sucks. Like, I, mean, that's, I think that's the question. You know, um, I don't know, man. Like, the show kind of fucking sucks all the way around. It's our first season watching it. I'm only watching it because he's black. Uh, otherwise, I would like leave this white nonsense for white people. Um, <laughs> But I, I'm very disappointed. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, Matt, Matt sucks. Um, Matt sucks. I, Matt sucks. I, I don't really know the better way to say it. Matt just really fucking sucks. Uh, Chris Harrison, who I thought was like a jolly white man who just really enjoyed like his porn novels, uh, apparently also kind of fucking sucks. So... <laughs> No, that's a that's a huge letdown. Um, was really hoping one day me and Chris Harris Harris could like bang out some beers or something. So that that fucking sucks. And uh, yeah, that reminds me, we should take him off our Twitter header. Oh, I didn't know he's on. I forgot well, he's he's on it. Well, and, from before, I'm fucking up too, man. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I guess it's fuck Chris Harrison too. Um, I mean, no no black women who look like black women are actually on the show uh racist rachel's probably going to win which is definitely an affront to like one of the blackest casts we've seen on the show in a long time especially when it comes to black women um i feel bad for like all those like regular black women who came to this show and thought this dude was was like not a republican i feel feel really bad (laughs) getting into that uh yeah the show kind of just really sucks man um me and my boys just watch it Uh, i hate watch it like i do everything else so (laughs) it's a shame Really, really so that's cool. your that's your pick then for the final rose is going to be Rachel. Uh, yeah, racist Rachel from Georgia is definitely going to win the Bachelor. I cannot um, see a reason why she wouldn't. So I have a question. Let's say that you were the Bachelor with this season's women. Who would you be most Queen interested Maggie. in? Queen Maggie. Queen. Oh, Maggie. Yeah. Yeah. She got Queen no Maggie. screen time. They gave her no screen time. She Look, seemed cool. I don't know why they didn't show her. Cool as hell. Because he showed Rachel instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she had a great job. She seemed very regular. Like, man, look, man. Come on, man. Queen Maggie. I was rooting for her the whole fucking time. She didn't bother nobody. She ain't start no shit. She thought everybody was fucking crazy, including Matt. She was the only one who had her head on straight. <laughs> yeah. Got vacation from work, and now she's, you know, back doing what she does. Wow. Maybe, maybe she'll be on Bachelor in Paradise, and maybe you can apply and make it happen. Who knows? Probably won't happen. <laughs> like, uh, you know, white television does not seem like something I'm really a uh, big fan of, so I uh, um, can't, can't foresee myself doing that. Tyler, uh, is there anything else that you would like to promote other than your work at The Ringer, your, where people can find you, anything else that you'd like to get out there? Hell no. Oh, no, 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 man. It's a pandemic. Wear your fucking mask. Um, Wear your mask. 
Where, where are your fucking masks? I'm trying to get out the house. I'm trying to like take more walks and shit. Where are your fucking masks? That's it. Um, and, uh, if you see Brett Brown, please do not let him back within the city limits. Uh, if you whoa. see Doug Peterson, tell him I said I'm sorry. I, I ain't mean all that. Um, if you if you see Howie Roseman, you know, ask him if he still know how to fight. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if still applies. I don't know that Howie Roseman was ever much of a fighter. Every, everybody, everybody, like at one time in their life, probably thought they knew how to fight at least once. <laughs> Whether that was really true or not. Yeah, I was small growing up, so I didn't grow until like late in high school. I was never. I was always trying to not get in fights. So, hey man, your height don't your height don't mean shit. I don't mean. I was that. also like a hundred pounds. I don't mean that. Do you got hands, big fella? That's no. it. <laughs> <laughs> you got hands, big fella. That's it. Don't matter what you look like. If you got hands, that language is universal. Tyler, we really appreciate you coming on. We love your work. Um, people can follow you on social media. What's your Twitter account? Uh, Tyler Gitans. Great. Uh, follow you there. Uh, love what you're doing and really, really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. The Sixers win a championship. Y'all going to see me on uh, Broad and Thompson in a dicky suit and some butters. Yeah, you know I mean, with a silky on. Yeah, you know I mean, don't, don't, don't worry about me. Don't worry about <laughs> me. I'm just, I'm just going to be extolling the good virtues in Normandy. That's all you got to know. Appreciate right, you. Cool. We'll see you there. Thank you again. Thanks, Tyler. Yeah. Portland, baby, I love you.